You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Good day, Bruce. How are you? Healthy and alive. Yourself? Wish I could say the same. Uh, I am, well, I'm healthy. Uh, I guess I'm alive, obviously, because I'm sitting here, but I'm a little tired. I think it's just one of those days where, you know how, like, the heat just zaps you, you know? Yep. Like, yep. it, it doesn't, doesn't usually get that humid over here, but today it was. And I decided today, yeah, I'm going to spend some time outside. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I, I got a little exhausted. Uh, and then, of course, I did my usual, you know, did workout routine and cycled 10 miles and then had dinner. And now, guess what? I'm, I'm done. Yeah, uh, I don't have a whole lot of energy left. So um, we're, we're just going to go over some things today. I don't know if we'll do an entire hour. Of course, I always say that, don't I? See how it goes. Yeah. Let's get right into the obvious. A WHO official says that they can't force China to give them more information on the COVID-19 origins. Why not? That's my first question. Actually, that's my only question. Why not? Seems to be a bit of a civil uh, civil war, if you will, uh, for the WHO going on right now, because we've yeah. also had an official come out and say China's been doing a massive cover up for COVID-19. Mm-hmm. So, yep, got that, too. Uh, we'll get to that. Yeah. So it, 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 there's an interesting uh, dilemma there in the WHO that's going on. Interesting who they quote here. Um, a top World Health Organization official said on Monday that the WHO cannot compel China to divulge more data on COVID-19's origins, while adding it will propose studies needed to take understanding of where the virus emerged to the next level. OK, so let me get this straight. So what you're going to do is you're going to rely on academic peer reviewed papers by people that are on your payroll and you're going to base that on your decision on whether or not to press China. Uh-huh. That's that's basically what he's saying. Now, of all people at the World Health Organization, this is who they pressed. When I say pressed, pressed by a reporter on how the WHO will compel China into being more open. Dr. Michael Ryan, you know, the Irishman who said we need to send the UN people and the, and the state government people into uh, families' homes and drag them out of there uh, and haul them off to place unknown. If they're found to test positive from COVID. Oh, by the way, uh, the, the PCR levels that we have on these tests are are ginned up and, well, they show a false positive almost 100% of the time. Dr. Michael Wright. Yeah, that guy, that guy, that 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 disgusting excuse for an Irishman, that one. Yeah, him. That's who they pressed, was that. That sack of garbage, that useless individual, that's who they pressed, of all people. He says the WHO doesn't have the power to compel anyone in this regard, yet you're sitting up there on a panel saying that we need state-sanctioned brutality. The hypocrisy of these people is just unprecedented. We fully expect cooperation, input, and support from all of our member states in that endeavor. Really? Does that include mm. China? Yes, comrade. Because <laughs> they've been stellar through this whole thing, haven't they? They've been very open and transparent. Mm -hmm. Now they go on to say that there are competing theories. Theories. Yeah, competing theories. That the virus jumped from animals, possibly starting with bats, to humans, or that it escaped from a laboratory in Wuhan, China. Members of a WHO team that visited China earlier this year, hunting for COVID-19 origins, have said that they did not have access to all data. Uh, okay, didn't have access. To, 
Okay, first and foremost, they weren't even allowed in the lab. Okay, that's the first thing. The second thing, you put Peter Daszak in charge of that investigation, and he's the guy who funded that lab. Wow. If anybody knows what's going on in there, he would have a good idea. <laughs> well, what more can we do? Yeah, what more can we do? Mm -hmm. Isn't that what he said? I've got a clip yeah. of him. Uh, today, you're going to love uh, this audio we got coming up of Peter. Actually, you know what? Let's just get to it now, just because. So there's an unearthed video that's now come out. And lo and behold, the usual people put it out over at the National Pulse, Raheem Kassam, Natalie Winters, again. <laughs> They're doing some great stuff when it comes to this stuff, digging this stuff up. You know, they found a clip of Fauci back in 2003 sitting on C-SPAN. And this woman calls in and she says, you know, uh, it just seems to me like uh, your tenure there at the uh, the National Institute of Health, um, we've had a bigger problem with infectious diseases since you've been here. Don't you think it's about time for you to resign? That was back in 2003. And Fauci laughed and said, no, 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 I don't I don't think so. Was she right? I have to agree. <laughs> What's she right? <laughs> Imagine if he had resigned back in 2003, where we'd be today. Imagine. Oh, it so, would be horrible. We would have diseases all over the place. Yeah, he does yeah, such sure. an amazing job. Yeah, he does a great job. Uh, him and his blue Schwinn bicycle that he used to ride around town. Yeah. Uh, OK, anyway, back to Peter Daszak, who is the guy that took the money that was given to him by Fauci to fund those labs in Wuhan. Just if, I mean, if anybody doesn't know the video that's out now shows Peter Daszak describing Chinese colleagues. Maybe that's what Fauci meant to say when he said we made some deals with some Chinese co scientists. <laughs> Maybe, Could be. Maybe, maybe he meant maybe to say colleagues, colleagues and not communists. <laughs> uh, that's fair. Actually, he Which said would calm. make him a communist. Yeah, he said calm, and then he stopped himself. He didn't say call. There's a difference between yeah. calm and call. Sure. Um, anyway, he says that uh, Chinese colleagues were developing killer coronaviruses. Really? I, I never would have guessed that. EcoHealth Alliance president, Peter Daszak, or I think it's actually Daszak. I, I think that's his actual name. I've, I've heard several different people pronounce his name now. I think it's Daszak. So we'll go with Daszak, right? I'll, 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 admit, I'll admit fault on that one. I've been calling him Daszak. Does he deserve to have his last name pronounced correctly? Not really. He deserves to be sitting in front of a, a Nuremberg trial, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, he collaborated with the Wuhan Institute of Virology on research funded by Dr. Anthony Fauci of the National Institute of Health and Allergy and Infectious Diseases. And he appears to um, boast about the manipulation of the uh, of killer SARS-like coronaviruses carried out by his colleagues in China in a clip that's been brought to light by the National Pulse. Interesting. Let's uh, let's take a listen to that, shall we? As an example, first of all, we're only looking at viral families that include um, those that have gone into people from animals. So we, we narrow it down straight away. Then, you, then when you get a sequence of a virus and it looks like a relative of a known nasty pathogen, just like we did with SARS, we found other coronaviruses in bats, a whole host of them. Some of them looked very similar to SARS. So we sequenced the spike protein, the protein that attaches to cells. Then we, well, I didn't do this work, but my colleagues in China did the work. You create pseudoparticles, you, look, you insert the spike proteins from those viruses, see if they bind to human cells. And each step of this, you move closer and closer to this virus could really become pathogenic in people. So you narrow down the field, you reduce the cost, and you end up with a small number of, of viruses that really do look like killers. Then you look in people and you say, in the people that live in the region where this animal lives, that are exposed to that virus, do we see antibodies specific? Wow. So you, you actually describe how you go through and you create these 
killer viruses. And then you're surprised when something like this happens. You know, Senator Rand Paul was saying the exact same thing to Dr. Fauci. You're toying around with Mother Nature here. That's what you're doing. You're creating these viruses. You're giving them this gain of function in these laboratories, get, increasing the lethality of these things. And, and for what? You know, I, I heard I heard this laid out the other day, and it's entirely possible that this is what what's happened. I, I don't know. Nothing nothing has actually gone through our eyes here, and there's actually no proof to support it other than than speculation at this point. But let's just say that Fauci and company and this this uh, uh, Dazic character, let's say in, in his organization that was taking all that money from Fauci and the Department of Defense, I might add, and the CDC and you know, all the rest of it. Let, let's just say that they were of ill intent. Let, let's just say that they were. Let's say they had ill intent. Let's say that they wanted to circumvent international law. And for purposes of, oh, I don't know, um, forcing a vaccine on to a population. Let, let's just say that they wanted to develop a biological weapon. Okay, well, you can't do that in the United States. It's illegal. Actually, you can't do it anywhere. It's illegal. The International Biological Weapons Treaty says you can't do it. But it doesn't say that you can't research. So you, you can't develop biological weapons, but you can research things that have to do with biological weapons. So they dance around that line is all they do. But if you're somebody that's all twisted up in the head, like say, oh, I don't know, for example, uh, Bill Gates, and you're obsessed with vaccines, and you're, I don't know, uh, spending some extra time on TED Talks, and you're saying things like this. This is something that has to get to zero. Uh-huh. And, and you're talking about reducing the world's population through the use of vaccines. Well, the fastest way to do that would be what? an outbreak. You need some type of a pandemic. So you need you need the precedents to be able to roll out a vaccine and you need to do it in a manner that is going to be accepting of the public. You, you need them to demand it. So you can't just force it on them. But see, and you notice that's where they're at now, but you need them to accept it. So you develop it in the United States up to a point, up to a point, and they couldn't go any further with it. That's where gain of function comes in out of the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. They ship it up to Canada Canada catches wind of what's going on there. And you had a couple of Chinese scientists smuggle out some samples there. So you can't keep doing the work in Canada because it's illegal up there, too, in their P4 lab in Winnipeg. So what do you do? If you're Fauci and if you're Gates and you're cooking up this thing behind the scenes, what do you do? You move it over to a place like China where they don't give a damn about international law and you develop it the rest of the way over there. You let them carry it across the finish line. And you don't do it directly. You don't fund it directly. You don't put your fingerprints to it. However, you hang out some sorry sucker like Peter Daszak and let him take the fall for you. You create the shell company, which he did under EcoHealth Alliance based out of New York. You funnel all the money through him to develop that bioweapon and other bioweapons. God only knows. He's talking about multiple coronaviruses here with uh, with lethality rates that are that are killers. God only knows what they're doing in there. So if if you want to do this, then if you're this type of a, of a nefarious person, then, um, well, that's where you would do your dirt. You, you do it in China. You, you wouldn't do this in the U.S. You wouldn't do this in, in Canada or in the labs in Europe. You couldn't. You couldn't. You would still have too many people in there that would catch wind of what was going on and would leak it to the press saying, uh, wait a minute, uh, we're developing biological weapons here. This is against the biological weapons treaty. We can't do this. But if you develop it in a place like China, well, they don't really give a damn about that. And if they can advance themselves a little bit further in their quest for world domination. See, China believes that the 21st century belongs to them. And so who else has gained from this? So it's not only Gates, it's not only the Chinese Communist Party, it's also unknown figures up until this point like of guys like Klaus Schwab, 
He stands to gain too, right? Great reset. Oh, yeah. Get all the corporations on board to shut everybody else down. Yeah, let's get all the lockdowns going on so we can uh, we can scare the hell out of people. We can get them to demand the vaccine. It'll force them to take it so they can get back into society. And if you think that's a joke, Canada's actually doing that. They're going to lift the lockdown sanctions for people that are vaccinated. If you're not, then you don't get back into society. You know something? Yeah. I yeah, would actually really like to sit down and have dinner with Schwab. I would too. Um, I'm not sure we'd make it to dessert, but I, I would like to. Um, I'd like to sit down and talk to him. Sure, I, I would. And I, I would probably do more listening than talking myself, just because I want. I'm I'm genuinely curious on this dude's um, mental state. I guess uh, I'm I'm legitimately curious about the person behind these these thoughts and what his real intentions are, because there's two things I can't discern. I don't know if he's going for just he's being a grifter and making money or does he legitimately believe this? I I personally, I don't think that he is a grifter just because academics typically aren't grifters, not to his level. When you start getting around academic types at his level, they're not grifters. Uh, they're true ideologues. And He's case in point would be what we played last week. He's peddling his book of all things. He's in Uplink talking to the uh, the media from his own forum down there, his own redoubt down there in Switzerland. And he literally he stops himself mid sentence so he can lunge across his desk and actually reach for it on live TV and hold up his book with a smile on his face saying corporations need to get on board with this. Or you're on the wrong side of history. And if you're not going to do it, then we're going to have to pressure the governments. That's an ideologue. That's somebody that's a true believer of what he's saying. I don't really believe that people believed in, for example, what Hitler was doing. You didn't have people that were 100% on board with that. They were all about the political clout and the political capital they could get from being around someone that got to the position of power like him. It's the same thing with Schwab in that respect. I'm not comparing him to, to Hitler, but uh, in the in the manners of politics and idealistic standpoints, I am. Hitler was an ideologue. He believed in the nonsense that he wrote in his book, and he was a psychopath. But the people that were around him, they didn't believe in that per se. That They, they were on board with the idea of national socialism and, and, and all the rest of it, and uh, they got on board with the idea of like you know going after the, the Jewish people and everything else. But in the end... It was all about being in that inner circle. They wanted the political power. They didn't care about anything else. If they wanted more political power, then they had to carry out whatever uh, whatever was going on at that time. For example, Hitler actually didn't want to get rid of the brown shirts. They had to convince him to do that. So you had other people in the uh, in the inner circle, like Hermann Goering and the rest of them, and uh, Reinhard Heydrich, who was uh, who were in charge of the SS. The SS is what replaced the SA or the brown shirts. So it was about getting rid of their rival in the arena of politics. So once you get to that level, like where Schwab's at, it's it's not Schwab. It's everybody around him that are the problem, right? Now, Schwab is Schwab by himself is nothing. He's a nobody. No one's going to take him seriously if he doesn't have the support structure around him. It's the same thing with George Soros. George Soros by himself is a nobody. If he doesn't have all the support structure around him, then he falls. Same thing with Bill Gates. I don't think that Schwab is a grifter, uh, per se. I, th I think guys like that, they're they're true believers. I think Bill Gates is a true believer. He's not a grifter. Bill Gates actually believes in the nonsense he preaches. Uh, he's out there peddling his books, too, if you notice. He's peddling his, his latest book is on climate change. Of course, has to be that. 
I'm sure he'll do one on um, uh, plant-based steaks or something because he owns uh, three major companies in plant-based steaks that are going to print you steaks. And it's okay. You'll get used to the taste. It's fine. You could still technically, though, I mean, see it as being a grifter. You, you see what I'm saying? Like how, how easy it would be to say that they are grifters because all yes. they're doing is pushing off their own ideas or their own books or their own products. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, uh, you, you, you could see it as, a, as being a grifter. So you know, that, that, that's why I would legitimately be curious to sit down and have a meal with him and, and see if he has the passion behind the things he talks about or if it's just, uh, you know, uh, for show. But the bottom line is whether or not it's just for political gain or whether they truly believe it, it's dangerous rhetoric either way, because then you're going to, as you as you were uh, referencing there, you'll have people that will come up around you that could believe it. Let's say you're a grifter, but you get people up around you that believe it. They're going to enact what you're talking about, even though you had no intention of enacting it yourself. You're just out for the money. I think you have a lot of grift that's around those types of people. So you, like I said, you'll have people that are carrying out the deeds and, and the will of the ideologue just because they're grifters. You know, they'll they'll just get on with with whatever so they can get closer into that inner circle. See, when you get to politics, that level, man, it is a dirty, dirty game. And if you don't believe that anybody can do this, I'll make it simple for you. If you have Netflix, go on to Netflix and watch Hitler's Inner Circle. It's a four-part or five-part series or something like that. You can go on there. It's a very accurate depiction. It's a dramatization, uh, and it, it's narrated by histor- various historians and, and things of that nature. And it's, ve- it's a very accurate description of how the inner circle of the Third Reich actually played out. It is a dirty, dirty political game. They're backstabbing each other. They're setting each other up. They're getting dirt on each other. I mean, they, they all had like dirt and files and photos and and phone call recordings and everything else on each other. And they would hold it to use it at a later time whenever they needed something done. And if they didn't do it, well, here's this. Uh, we're we're going to we're going to let the Fuhrer know about this if you don't tell us what's going on or if you don't get this done for me. So that, it's a very good uh, it's a very good depiction of, of how the political game works at that at that level. And that's the same in, in a totalitarian system. So don't think that that's. Uh, relegated to just what the Nazis did, as awful as they were. That kind of stuff also goes on in, for example, the Soviet Union. That's what went on there. Same thing goes on in places like North Korea. Any kind of totalitarian system, whenever a totalitarian system arises, be it right or left or, or whatever, any form of collectivism, when it arises and it's totalitarian, which they're all totalitarian, you have the political games being played behind the scenes. And it's all about getting closer to whoever the dictator is. Uh, just for clarification on that show, is it Hitler's Circle of Evil? Uh, that could be it. Yeah, it's, it's been uh, a long it's a, time. Uh, 2018 TV mini miniseries. That's it. It's on. Yeah, that's it. Netflix. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Because uh, you you mentioned it, and I went and looked at the pictures, and I because uh, I I was pretty sure I knew which one it was. There's some good meme gold out of that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I've read several books on uh, what happened uh, in Europe during uh, during the Second World War, and that's a very accurate depiction. And it saves people the time of going through and reading history books because I know people don't yeah. have time. And a lot of people watch Netflix. So if you're looking to find out how this political game is played that I'm sitting here rambling on about, go watch that. Uh, yeah. It's yeah, it's 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 a very very accurate depiction of how that works. And so, I've seen some bits of it. It's actually entertaining uh, as as well. Uh, yes, it is. That's, that's much as watching a, you know, evil dictator. Yeah, and, and they've got 
and they've got some actual uh, a lot of actual footage in there uh and it's it, for historical purposes and the the historians did a great job on it they did a fantastic job on it now if netflix would produce one about the soviet union or china that would be great would appreciate that we don't need history to be one-sided here do we no okay who advisory board member admits that china's engaging in a massive cover-up isn't that what you were talking about yeah yeah i kind of mentioned that that headline uh when we were talking earlier and it's Surprise, surprise. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm shocked. Well, not that shocked. I, I can't believe that China is actually covering anything up. I, I can't believe that. That's, that's so far flung for me to even to, to even consider. Yeah, they, they, they would never. I mean, they would never make a mistake to cover up. So uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm flabbergasted. Jamie Metzl, who is an advisory board member for the World Health Organization, admitted on Monday that the communist controlled China continues to engage in a massive cover-up to hide the origins of COVID-19. Huh. You I mean this, this place right here behind me? Yeah, this 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 laboratory right here behind me? Yeah, I know you, the listener, you can't see it, but I, I'm sitting in front of uh, the, the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Just, <laughs> just a laugh. So Metzl's admission came as the Wuhan lab leak theory, initially dismissed by the American media as a conspiracy theory. Somebody please explain to me how these people are still on TV. So, somebody explain that to me. You get rid of these pharma companies, and, and I'm not connecting this to like vaccinations and ad campaigns and all the rest of it. But if you get rid of these pharma companies, if you get rid of the sponsorship to these network providers, all these news networks will be off by tomorrow morning because they won't have any more money. Now, now let that sink in. That's pre-pandemic too. Let, let that sink in. A company that is funded by the pharmaceutical company to stay on air, that's the big sponsor. Do you think they have a little bit of a vested interest in hyping the fear and hyping vaccines to sell to you as well? Just saying. So the uh, lab leak theory has gained significant traction in respected circles. Okay. Uh, the problem is, is it's it's not a leak. That's That's the problem I have with that statement right there. It's not a leak. The media is saying that it's a leak. Of course, this is the same media that also told you, well, we just need two weeks to flatten the curve. This is the same media that said, we've got to rely on testing. This is the same media that said, wear one mask. No, you need to wear two masks. No, that's that's not good enough. You need to wear three masks. No, if you really want to stop COVID-19, then you need to wear four masks. This is and the if you same- don't, you're a murderer. <laughs> yeah, if you don't, you're a, you're a serial killer, yes. And this is the same media that said baseless claims of election fraud. This is the same media for four and a half years. Hell, they're still saying it. That said Russia collusion. We've got it. It's it's 100 percent. It's solid. Now they're saying a lab leak theory. <laughs> You're going to believe a lab leak theory out of these people. Come on. Come on. They're doing damage control. That's all they're doing. Personally, I have just a little bit of uh I, I won't say difficulty hesitation saying it was not a lab leak it was intentional and the only reason i say i'm hesitant on saying that is because i know what the retaliation for something like that is and i don't want that because that that has global implications and it, it is that is a big big decision so i, I want to make sure that we have all the data yeah, to yeah. prove that you know so and, and on top of that i'm hesitant no, I, I, I completely concur with you because the implications of this and, you know, China's aware of that. They're aware of that. But here's the thing. And I, I have think that China's also responsible, or at least informants inside the CCP are leaking Western intel back across. 
because this is the time period throughout history. This is the time period that you start seeing the double crosses, the triple crosses, the quadruple crosses. You see the people that cross the people that cross the people that cross the people. That's what happens at this time in history. That's what happens. And what always happens at this particular point, we're kind of in uncharted territory here. But at the same time, history doesn't repeat. It just kind of rhymes. Somebody that knows history, at least of the last hundred years, you don't have to go back uh, too far if you don't have the time. I personally like to go back even further, but because the trends are the same and it's the same here. The trends are the same. You can see that China's starting to get nervous. Hell, they're nervous today. They're sweating today because we've got our Pacific submarine fleet out doing missile drills in the Pacific. They don't do that. They don't do that. And more than that, they don't do that and advertise it. Also, we've had another we've had quite a surprise uh, and China doesn't like it either because apparently apparently they weren't given this uh, this technology like they were with the F-35 and the stealth tech from the submarines that were given to them by the Bidens, I might add. We actually have uh, something called an MQ-25, I think it is, that was just unveiled. And that is a drone that is a fighter jet refueler. What was it called again? Uh, the MQ-25 Stingray is what it is. It's a drone. It's an autonomous drone, but it's designed for refueling for fighter jets. So that is quite a game changer uh, in, in the manners of, uh, of combat. That, that's quite something. Uh, and China's a little, they're a little upset. Uh, and it's a self-service type thing too. You don't need to, you know, program it or anything like that. You just literally link up to it, refuel, and you can get on with your day. Interesting. This was, we, we've seen this one kind of talked about in the, in the beginnings, if you will. It was meant to be a stealth bomber drone, mm-hmm. but they're using it as a multi-role and, and covering other positions as well, like refueling. That's, that's interesting. You know, the, uh, the Concorde, anybody that remembers the Concorde uh, uh, airplane, uh, the supersonic aircraft, that was actually designed to be a, uh, uh, a carrier for uh, tactical nuclear missiles, long-range tactical nuclear missiles, or nuclear bombs, rather. We ended up using it as a passenger, <laughs> as a passenger plane. So it's funny how things get repurposed sometimes, uh, and this is, this is one of those things. And you know something? I think they've actually repurposed it in the right, uh, in the right manner. I imagine it'll it'll fulfill both roles just yeah. fine. Um, yeah. I mean, because when you're looking at a bomber, the the main thing they need is just payload, and yeah. for refueling, you need payload. So you know, it it equals out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, there's uh yeah, there's that. But uh, anyway, at this point in time that we're at, at this critical juncture, this is where you start seeing, and, and I'm kind of I I'm, I'm kind of half. To, curious to see how this is going to go. This is usually the time where you start seeing nations choose sides. This is this is usually about the time. You'll see, uh, and, and I think that the wild card on the board right now is what's Russia going to do? You know, what, what are they going to do? Traditionally, they're there with China, traditionally. But honestly, if you ask me, and this is just pure speculation on my part, but if you ask me, I think it's going to come down to the Western allies and Russia going after China, if I had to guess. Uh, and that's that. That's just the way it is. China believes that, as I said before, the 21st century belongs to them. And that doesn't include the Russian people or the Russian Federation. That doesn't include that. They just so happen to border China. And so for a land invasion of the PLA into Russia would be no big deal, uh, at least at least until the winter. <laughs> the uh, the, the Russians are a little bit more experienced when it comes to fighting in the cold weather. I, history shows that to be true. You know, the Germans figured that one out. I, I'm curious to see what's going to happen. I think people are expecting Putin to make some kind of a move. They're expecting him to make some kind of endorsement. Is he going to be with uh, China? Is he going to remain neutral? 
Is he going to pursue his own interest in Russian interests? I personally think it's going to be that, at least for the interim, because Putin wants to move. I think uh, Putin wants to move up to to eat the EU's doorstep. I think uh, you've got the gas deal, the oil and gas deal with uh, with the Germans, and now you've got some crazy thing going on. And we're we're sitting here scratching our heads trying to figure this one out. They got this crazy thing going on with Belarus that we're trying to make sense of. Now, I had heard that Belarus, and Belarus is like the buffer between the EU and Russia. I had heard that the Belarusian president was actually going to come out and make a declaration that we're surrendering our sovereignty to uh, the Russian Federation because we want to be Russian. Well, after that declaration, some rumblings started to happen in the EU. And now all of a sudden, there's sanctions on Belarus from the UK, the EU, And Joe Biden just jumped in on that train, too. The U.S. is now sanctioning Belarus. Why? Why? There's another game that's being played here, and and no one's being public about it. So we're left kind of scratching our heads on it. Now, this this sanction against Belarus, this is so childlike that EU aircraft and UK aircraft aren't even permitted to fly over Belarus with their passenger liners. Other than real estate, what what does Belarus offer the world other than being that buffer zone? I have no idea. I, I exactly. really don't know. So either either it's solely about the fact that that would that would open things up for Russia. But uh, Ukraine, U- Ukraine, you got to look at Ukraine, too, because yeah, there, there's a there's another thing there with Ukraine. And, and that was caught up. We, we were caught up in that uh, with uh, with the Obama administration. And everybody's heard of the Burisma gas deal, Hunter Biden sitting on the board and all the rest of it. But you have to look at what Burisma is. Burisma was the company that owned or still owns the pipeline that runs through the Ukraine from Russia that delivers the oil into Europe. That's why that company and that pipeline are so significant. And that's why Hunter Biden sitting on the board of that gas company is so significant. Yeah. And uh, it, that's that's basically where I was going to go. The, the other option is there's some kind of corruption or something going on there and they're trying to keep it covered up. You know, the elite are, have some kind of business deal for their kids or something like that, or, or even human trafficking or something like that as well. Yeah, that, that could very well be. Uh, Ukraine is a very corrupt country. Uh, I, I've worked with um, I've worked with Ukrainian nationals before, and uh, they've all basically said the same thing. It's been over uh, over 10 years ago, and they've all said basically the same thing. Nice country, good people, but really, really, really corrupt when it comes to politics. Uh, and not much has changed. Now, we had a little bit of an insight as to how bad that system is when it comes to corruption and partnering with uh, the U.S. They set up, under the Obama administration, they set up an entire network with Obama, John Kerry, Hillary Clinton, the Podestas, Hunter Biden, uh, Joe Biden, all these people. And that was set up all playing. They all bet on the fact that Hillary was going to get an office and she didn't. Trump got an office. I forgot about the Chalupa. (laughs) Chalupa, yeah. Forgot about the Chalupa. All that was set up there, but they had to shut it all down. Everyone had to shut down. They, they had to, to close up shop. The Podestas had, they even set up offices over there. The Podesta group actually cleaned out their entire office and moved out after Trump was elected. And then, then Zelensky got elected in the Ukraine. That wasn't supposed to happen either. Now, who is, who's Zelensky? He's the Ukrainian, uh, it's either president or prime minister. I think it's president. I think it's president. Yeah. He gets elected. Who's he? 
He's like, uh, the, I don't want to say the Donald Trump, but more or less, he was a TV comedian. That's all he was. He got elected there. He wasn't supposed to get elected. So then the whole network went into an even bigger panic mode. So th- there's a lot to, there's a lot that's going on here. There, there's there's stuff that we've tried to make sense of. And sometimes you just can't get all the pieces to the puzzle. I wanted to actually get a hold of that information. This is before COVID. We figured all this stuff out and, and we heard about all this. We wanted to actually take all those documents, all that information on the Biden Ukraine deal and, and the, the Obama administration and uh, the Clinton Foundation, the Podesta group and all the rest of them. We wanted to take all that information and we wanted to dig. I mean, we we really wanted to dig. That was just stuff we could find on the surface. We wanted to dig as in find out a lot deeper as to what's going on over there and what their involvement is with Western powers. We wanted to figure that part out. But COVID happened and we kind of lost track and we yeah. we weren't able to uh, to recover from that tailspin. So unfortunately, we never went that route. However, it seems like we're pulling a Jen Psaki and we might just be circling back to that. Because once you start talking about uh, these these aspects of, of international conflict, Ukraine's in play. Look where Putin performed his war games right there. Same place. The Donbass, the Crimea. So there's 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 something with the Ukraine. The Ukraine's in play when it comes to Russia. And my analysis was at the time was Xi and Putin having that meeting. They met before Putin went on the uh, the training exercises, which we knew the Russians were going on training exercises. NATO, they're doing training exercises now. They're right on schedule. These are supposed to happen. These were scheduled last year. So this is supposed to happen. However, the situation that was happening with Russia, the buildup, that was happening so much. And I, I was talking to people and they're like, look, that's scheduled. That's that's scheduled. That's supposed to happen. However, however, if cooler heads don't prevail, this can get out of hand very, very quickly. And you notice the Western powers started to stir that pot and then Putin pulled back. They were there for training. So if Russia moves west, if Putin moves west, you know that's the first place he's going to go. At least that's my guess. That That's my guess. He He's shown no interest unless unless the Belarusian thing, unless that gives him a staging area. That uh, That is kind of what I mean. I don't know what the I don't know what the terrain is like there. That actually gives him a pretty decent sized area. Actually, looking at it. So if Putin moves west, doesn't invade the Ukraine, but instead stages in Belarus, this could all be about Ukraine, though. At the same time, because it could. That's the other half of the northern border for Ukraine. So they right. could be just trying to spread out to go for Ukraine. Right. So if they roll over Ukraine, which that's when we were talking to Marty, he says there's no two ways about it. They'll they'll take it and they'll take it within a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, if that's indeed the case, well, then they would the Russians would capture that pipeline that delivers uh, the oil and gas into uh, the eastern part of Europe, wouldn't they? Yeah, they would. Yeah. So if Putin can push west and I'm just again, I'm just I'm just thinking this over my head. If Putin pushes west, guess what that does? That keeps the West and NATO occupied while China moves on Taiwan. That's just my guess. Also, you've got saber rattling that's happening with Australia and China. That's a problem, too. Now, I don't know what the Aussies are doing as far as uh, addressing that. I know that you've got half of their parliament that is with China and you've got half their parliament that's not. You never know what the Aussies with the Aussies, because it seems like every other month they have a new government down there. Uh, and it's really hard to get information in and out of there as of late. So anyway. All right. Um, let's talk tech, because this has China written all over it. Bruce, do you like TikTok? Not a fan. No, even all the stupid morons doing their... Uh, their, uh, their vaccine videos and all the rest of it. You, you don't at least laugh at that stuff. Not usually. 
No. Well, the kids no. love it for some reason. Yeah, they, they love this TikTok thing. I, I don't know why. There are some some decent videos that have come out of TikTok that I've seen on other platforms, but uh, I'm not, a, not as far as TikTok is concerned, the platform now. So what is it about? And honestly, I don't know anybody that's on it. So, I mean, I, I, I couldn't I couldn't tell you. But what is it that's so appealing about it? Is it just the short snippet little videos? Is that what it is? Yeah, basically, it's it's uh, YouTube, but uh, it's a mix of other platforms at the same time. So it's kind okay. of the new fad, if you will. The new fad. OK. By the way, who owns and operates uh, TikTok? Yeah, China. China. Oh, OK. Uh, well, don't you think that maybe, I don't know, they, they might have some kind of a, a say about how their policies will collect data and, and information and, and things like that? D do you think that any of these people that are making these videos, do you think they care about that? No. No? No. China's TikTok app will collect biometric data, including face prints and voice prints of Western users. I imagine that the parents of the kids that are using TikTok might care about this. But the kids themselves, I don't I don't think they care. Hell, we know of uh, a few people that are of the mindset of uh, I don't have anything to hide. So, okay. yeah, these are the same people that are booking. their. They've already booked their hotel rooms to uh, to go out and party when they're getting their second shot. Yep. Yeah. Uh huh. So China has now uh, they've changed their terms of service uh, just because I mean they're looking out for their own security issues and they, they want to protect the user. You know they they want to protect the user. Right. The Chinese Communist Party linked company was uh, emboldened by the successful efforts in Washington D.C. to resist President Trump's attempt to ban the data mining app in 2020. Uh, yeah, we we actually banned WeChat and and TikTok. Uh, in the U.S., or at least they weren't available on the store. If you still had them, you could access it, but you couldn't get any any new users. Isn't that how it worked? Uh, well, more or less, yeah. It, mm -hmm. it, it was more or less stopped, yeah. Well, TikTok's new policy says that they will uh, be collecting new data on people. They say, we, and this is their actual statement from their terms of service, we may collect, may, yeah, we may collect biometric identifiers and biometric identification as defined under U.S. laws. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, such as face prints and voice prints from your user content. Where required by law, we will seek any required permissions from you prior to any such collection. Because we know that they're they're very sympathetic to to people's privacy rights uh, in in China when you use their their applications and things. So if China's coming in and, and legitimately trying to conquer countries and take them over, uh, don't you think it would kind of behoove them a little bit to have uh, user data like that for their um, social credit systems? It would stand to reason, yes, and, and especially if you're going to implement uh, these. Uh, I don't know, vaccine passports or, or well, that's just the start. Uh, digital wallets, you know, that's going to make your life more convenient. If you're going to issue these things, well, then, I mean, your user data, all of your user data is going to be stored in one convenient place. You know that those are going to be biometric ID to get into them. You're going to need the face print. You're going to need the voice print. You're going to need the fingerprint, all the rest of it. So my question here is this, and, and this is this is the key question. When they say, and I'm talking here about the U.S., when they say that they are going to, we may collect biometric identifiers and biometric information as defined under U.S. laws, which laws are you speaking of? Are you speaking of federal law? Are you speaking of state law? Are you speaking of local law, local ordinances? What are you talking about? You're not being specific. See that right there, in my humble opinion, that right there would be enough for me to continue that ban. However, Biden has, uh, well, 
he's shut all that down. We don't need that pesky ban on TikTok or or WeChat anymore. Do, do we even use WeChat? Does anybody in the West even use WeChat? Everybody uses like WhatsApp and and uh, and other things like Facebook Messenger and all that stuff. I I, I don't think there's anybody that uses it. I, I don't know of anyone that uses it over here. No, I, I've never seen anybody uh, even mention it, to be honest. I, I've mm-hmm. not seen it advertised in, in the app stores or anything like that. I mean, the only thing I can imagine would be uh, Chinese nationals that come over, maybe, uh, that, that work that. and, and yeah. commute and, you know, whatever. I, I could see them because that that's sure. kind of WeChat in or Weibo, as they call it, I think, is, is what they call it in China. Uh, the WeChat system in China is is equivalent to like our WhatsApp. Is that correct? Is that kind of how it works? Yeah, yeah. basically, yeah. Okay. So President Joe Biden issued an executive order Wednesday revoking former President Donald Trump's order, which sought to ban TikTok and WeChat in the United States. In his order, yes, his order. Yeah. President Biden. Yeah, I'm sure that he penned this himself. Yeah, I'm sure. Of course. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure. And his infinite wisdom. Yes. As he's sitting there, what am I signing? Just sign it. That's Mm -hmm. what gets said on camera. President Biden acknowledged that data collection by a foreign adversary defined to include the People's Republic of China through apps on personal electronic devices like smartphones and tablets presents a significant risk. But threats should be evaluated through evidence-based analysis. Evidence-based. Oh, yeah. yeah. Evidence-based mm-hmm. analysis. Because mm-hmm. your administration has followed evidence to the letter when it comes to matters of public health, have they not? The order went on to state the federal government should evaluate these threats through rigorous evidence-based analysis and should address any unacceptable or undue risks consistent with the overall national security, foreign policy and economic objectives, including the preservation and demonstration of America's core values and fundamental freedoms. I can't think of a bigger line of BS than all that right there. You talk about some compromised fluff. That's all that is. That's all that is. I want to know which one of these these scumbags, these these pencil necked, weaselly scumbags in that administration penned this garbage because I want to look at their finances. I want to know where they're getting their money from. And I can bet that's probably going to be a short list. Additionally, the United States seeks to promote accountability for persons who engage in serious human rights abuse. Okay, uh, what are we doing to address that? Anything? Well, I mean, that's why we are allowing them to use these, um, you know, TikTok and, and WeChat uh-huh. and whatnot. That, that's why what? we're allowing them to use it. It's, it's punishment for them. Uh-huh. So what, what are we doing to address the, uh, the Uyghur genocide? What are we doing to address that? Are we, uh, are we condemning that on the world stage? Are we making daily statements about that? Do we have our media outlets criticizing the CCP for, for engaging in such acts about disappearing people, disappearing journalists? About covering up anything with COVID? Are, are we doing anything like that? Nothing? No? Again, more hot air. If persons who owned, control, or manage connected software applications engage in serious human rights abuse or otherwise facilitate such abuse, the United States may impose consequences on those persons in action separate from this order. Again, may. May. Yeah. Again, what are you going to do? All bark and no bite. That's all that is. Yep. Uh, it's uh, it's pretty clear what what they're gonna do. They're just gonna say, "Oh, uh, well, you guys are doing stuff. Oh, uh, it's all right. We're 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 gonna remove the previous president's sanctions on you and uh, let you go." Well, according to a statement that was released by the White House addressing Biden's latest order, yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure the uh, the president himself uh, released this statement. By the way, why hasn't he been in the uh, the press room taking taking questions from the uh, the press? 
He hasn't held a single press conference in there since he's been in office, has he? Uh, well, see, he's too busy being attacked by cicadas as he's getting on to Air Force One. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. My next question. Where's Hunter? I'm going to ask that every day now. Where's Hunter? Where's Bill Gates? So according to a statement from the uh, from the White House addressing the uh, the order, the administration is committed. Listen to this garbage. They are committed to prompting an open, interoperable, reliable and secure Internet, protecting human rights online and offline and supporting a vibrant global digital economy. Do you remember what the um, complaints were before the Uyghur stuff was brought to light before? I don't know. It's probably a decade ago. Do you remember what the complaints were with China? Was it the firewalls? Uh, yeah, the sweatshops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, we've known for a while that they violate human ethics, uh, forced labor. Yeah, they, uh, I mean, we, we heard we about. Done? Yeah, we we heard about that. You're you're absolutely right. Now that you mentioned that, we we had people that would smuggle video out of China. People that work in factories for Walmart that would be chained to their workstation, literally chained to their workstation for 16 hours a day, making uh, I don't know window blinds or something that you would spend. Uh, $50 for at Walmart, they're making for 25 cents. And then they would get to go back to their um, their little coffin that they would get to sleep in for a couple of hours and then get up and have to do it all over again. So yeah, yeah. Certain countries, the, the statement goes on, certain countries, including the People's Republic of China, do not share these values and seek to leverage digital technologies and Americans' data in ways that present unacceptable national security risks while advancing authoritarian controls and interest. So why are you removing the sanctions? Well, Bruce, they're, they're concerned about transparency. So they, they want to be fair in, in a global digital economy. You know, they want to be competitive. We can't be taking people's rights away in, in, in the global digital economy. We can't be doing that. So they're just full of crap is basically what you're saying. More or less. Yeah, more, more or less. Mm-hmm. That's that's all it is. Do you have anything? Yeah, not really. Not really anything on the on the, the China front. Uh, I, I, I will say, let's see. I was going to mention the uh, eclipse, the solar eclipse is going to happen uh-huh. today uh, as of the listener. But I don't know if timing, it looks like it's going to be at 5.42 a.m. So by the time you've watched this, it's already happened or listened to this. It's already happened. So it'll actually it'll happen here tomorrow, roughly late afternoon for me. Uh, and they're already concerned over here about what this is going to do to the power grid because, you know, solar panels and everything uh, is how, how badly this is going to affect the, uh, the the power grid. They're bracing, according to the government, they're bracing for major disruptions, meaning they're going to uh, probably have a ro- Hell, we might not be here tomorrow. They'll probably have a rolling blackout or whatever it is. But no, I actually, I have panels on my house. Yeah, it's only supposed to last for three minutes and 51 seconds. Uh, the Washington, D.C. area is going to see 80 uh, percent uh, of it. So... You mean the uh, the sun's actually going to be blocked out over DC? Well, that'd be good for the people that want to cut the carbon. Yeah, you know, I mean they're, it, they're all concerned about global warming there. So I mean, hey, yeah. you're not going to have any sun over DC. Help. So yeah, for four minutes. Yeah. So yeah, it looks like it's going to be over uh, North America, Greenland, uh, Northern Europe, and Northern Asia. They'll be the ones that get to uh-huh. see it. Oh, okay. So I might not even I might not even get to see it. Now you should be able to Northern Europe and Northern Asia. You would you would be considered Northern Europe, wouldn't you? Yes and kind no, of? not. Not really. Like more central. Not yeah. It's more central. Not not north north. It's definitely not south. But I'm like right on the edge. Um, it's kind of it's kind of like literally right smack dab in the middle. Um, yeah, it's like north north Germany, like Berlin. That's like six hours north of here. So it's like driving from. Oh, fair. um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, though, I'd have to look at the parallels, but uh, 
Okay, I'm, uh, well, if we're able to see it in DC, DC parallel wise is a little north of here. Yeah, that should be, yeah, I should be able to see it. Of you course should I, be able to see it. Yeah, yeah, of course I probably shouldn't, I shouldn't look at it. I need, probably need to make, True. I need to make the little cards. I, I, can, yeah. I can do it with little cards. Yeah. All right, um. I guess we can hop out of here a little bit early today, uh, and I'm happy to do that because I'm exhausted. So you got anything else? Nope. Other than the eclipse, not uh, not a whole lot. Sorry, I, I saw a headline. You know how we, we always you know work off of headlines. Three words you should hurl at Fauci regarding his latest COVID remarks. And it's, a, it's an op-ed piece. Well, I can think of many words to hurl at him. <laughs> I can think of a lot of words to send to him, too. All right, we are going to have to go. So uh, I have not been able to get a hold of Marty. I'm going to try and call him again tomorrow. Busy guy he is. Yeah, hopefully he'll be here with us tomorrow. Not sure yet, but we will see. All right, so for those of you who have not signed up to our Telegram channel, get over there, get signed up to us. We do put out all of our podcasts. We do here every day, and we also put out an exclusive podcast once a week just to our telegram subscribers so get signed up to us over there also you get access to our news feed we also have a comment section uh, you can take part in our discussion so uh, get signed up to us over there also if you'd like to reach out to us you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at tips at dynamicindependence.com and we would ask you to pass this along to friends family and known associates we are trying to grow but we do need your help in order to do that so if you could pass this along we would appreciate that we are available everywhere you get your podcast also if you're rating podcast if you give us a rating when you get a chance we would appreciate that very much five stars would be a plus thank you very much all right that'll do it for today thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.